0: Hello, and welcome to the Humanist at Work four-part podcast on the ACLS Public Fellows Program. I'm Anna Finn, Graduate Student Researcher at the UC Humanities Research Institute. Today, we're talking to Dr. Rob Schoenbeck, who has a PhD in English from UC Irvine. Rob is currently the Partnerships Evaluation Manager at Kiva, a role made possible by the support of the ACLS Public Fellows Program. Rob, welcome. Thanks for having me. No problem. So to get us started, I was wondering if you could tell us about what you do precisely in your position at Kiva.
1: So as Partnerships Evaluation Manager, my main job is to evaluate our field partners. Um, Kiva has a global base of 300 field partners who uh, engage in all different kinds of social enterprise activity, whether that be be, uh, microfinance, whether that be providing water and sanitation services um, to underserved folks uh, out in remote regions of the world, um, providing solar energy products, uh, et cetera. Um, so my job is to essentially look into all these different areas in which we work, um, you know, which include the fields that I mentioned, as well as other far fields like agriculture, and try and find out what is an effective intervention in that area. Um, And how do we measure that Kiva? so it's there and there's also a lot of analysis Um, So we send out surveys to our field partners to try and assess how they're doing against best practices and other benchmarks um, In the areas in which they serve Um, And I also do just a lot of ad hoc data analysis um, in my role so usually related to um, you know, how our field partners are performing in other areas, such as, you know, what's the cost of having this partnership out in this remote flung area of the world, and how does that measure against how they're performing against uh, best practices in the social sector as we've uh, been able to glean from research? So that's really the, the chief element of the
0: role. So, so far in your position, what stood out to you as the biggest um, benefit or what has been the most exciting project that you've been a part of and what has been the most challenging part of your experience?
1: So I guess the most challenging part is you have all these uh, sectors that we're working in that are very different. So like what you would expect to be, you know, beneficial from a microloan is very different from what you'd expect to be beneficial for, you know, say building a sanitation system for a community that lacks one. You know, you're looking at really different outcomes. You know, one might be like you improve your enterprise and, you know, get, you know, a little bit more income so you're able to better support your family. Uh, the other might be like, um, you know, you see less incidence of disease in the a population. Um, and, and so that's kind of the research piece that we're digging into. But you know, beyond that, you know, how would you equate those two very different kinds of outcomes? Um, there's, you know, like how do we actually get reliable outcome data from 300 field partners flown all across the globe who may not, you know, have the most sophisticated monitoring and evaluation methods or techniques? You know, how do you get, you know, reliable data from each of these places to be able to compare uh, how they're performing against each other? Um, from folks who have, you know, like very limited resources and maybe, you know, in an entirely different culture or speak an entirely different language, um, you know, so how do you reconcile all these different, you know, bits of meaning while still doing justice to the partner's impact and and how they're, they're doing in the world?
0: Do you feel like your humanities background helps you navigate that challenge?
1: Um, well, I think... I think probably the research background is helpful um, because there's a pretty direct translation between the kind of skills I learned doing academic research and the kind of research that we do here at Kiva in order to determine what is effective in a given sector in which we're working. So what works in microfinance? What works in agriculture? That kind of thing. Uh, So there's a direct translation there. as for broader humanities, um, it's the translation is maybe a little bit indirect, especially for my specific role at Kiva. But I find that you know what things that I did learn in the humanities, like you know how to reconcile the tensions out of something like you know we might have a a definition of what an impactful loan product is, and we put a label on that. We call it catalytic. Um, you know, it has you know downsides to it. It's somewhat vague uh, as a as a goal, but it's also aspirational in that that very vagueness. You know, allows people to sort of fill it uh, with their own effort and um, allows them to kind of take ownership of it. Um, and, and so, really, I, I think having a humanist perspective allows you to see those tensions at work in an organization, which is kind of useful. Just you know, dealing with and communicating with people. Um, and i think also you know just like really analytic skills like you can just sort of really dig deeply into something i think um this probably is true of a lot of different fields uh phd fields but you know i feel like you know the sort of analysis and close reading skills that you develop as an english major are are really useful in just like picking apart and analyzing some analyzing something even if that something is you know, like a data set, which is something I do a lot. Of. I do a lot of data analysis. Uh, the tools are very different, but mentally uh, it feels fairly similar. And so those are some ways in which, despite the fact that I've my role isn't really traditionally humanistic, uh, some of the humanist functions I, I think are still alive in me.
0: So why did you choose the ACLS Public Fellows Program?
1: Well, basically, I think it's a... It's a really useful way to get in touch with interesting work that might be really difficult otherwise if you're just coming out of a PhD program. Um, You know, like, I would not have had a shot at all at getting my current position if it wasn't for the ACLS program. I just, you know, don't have any qualifications in global development. Um, You know, I was, you know, not really... uh, I had some data analysis experience uh, post-graduation, but... Not a lot of, like, traditionally heavy data analysis experience. Um, So it it would have been really hard to persuade somebody.
0: Yeah. So what are some of the things you did in grad school or afterward to prepare to become a public fellow?
1: So I think it really varies depending on how you're approaching the public fellowship. Um, So, like, for my first round of application, I actually applied three times. Uh, To the fellows program before I got accepted Uh, my first round was you know pretty directly Related uh, to my PhD work in that uh, I was a digital humanities scholar and it was a digital humanities position Related to scholarly publishing Um, So you know you could say that in that case that my grad school work uh, was preparation for that Um, You know I'd also done some work, you know editing uh, at an online journal, uh, Postmodern Culture. Um, you know, I'd also done uh, some editing-type work through the Electronic Literature Organization. So I, I did participate in a couple activities, you could say, that were directly related to both my PhD, and that uh, to the position I've actually got, it was quite a bit different in that these were mostly skills that I picked up on the job, um, skills in data analysis, learning a lot about statistics, um, skills that I picked up post-PhD. Uh, while I was working at the University of California Irvine's Writing Center. Um, In some ways it did feel a lot like a PhD type work in that I did a lot of you know reading and and taking courses online Um, but the hands-on work was really really important as well Uh, just being able to put that into an applied context Um, and that really helped I think helped me understand the material at a deeper level and also Persuade uh, ACLS and Kiva uh, that you know I was you know a good hire. Um, so yeah, I, I would say that those were the, the main things that I did.
0: And do you have any advice for prospective applicants? What would you what would be your main piece of advice?
1: My main piece of advice really is to know your two audiences for the fellowship and to understand what your strengths are at a candidate with respect to each audience, um, because they might be very different. So, you know, being rejected twice, I think, taught me a lot about, you know, what you need to do to appeal to the two different audiences that you have. So, ACLS is mostly concerned with how uh, the fellowship position, you know, is a direct outgrowth of your academic work and research. Um, So they want to see a natural connection because that's the argument that they're making. Uh, The argument that they're making is, you know, the PhD work directly leads to preparedness for the job. Um, The hosting organization may have different ideas. So my first hosting organization that I interviewed with was interested in my academic work because they were doing a scholarly, you know, publication, digital humanities type of effort. Uh, Kiva, on the other hand, I... Had about five or six interviews, and I don't believe my academic work even came up once Um, It was mostly focused on a lot of the work that i had done post PhD uh, centered around data analysis um, centered around surveys of a population and evaluating uh, The work that we were doing at the Writing Center uh, using those methods Um, So you know uh, that's I, I think that's a pretty stark illustration of, of kind of the gap that can sometimes not always but sometimes exist between your two organizations um, So actually ACLS rejected me the second time um, that was the only time that I didn't get through the ACLS screening round but even the third time and when I tried to appeal to them, um, I still felt that, Uh, Well, I still got pulled aside and essentially screened, you know, just to make sure that they understood the argument I was making uh, from my uh, PhD work um, to, you know, the position I was applying for. And I do believe the connection exists, but it's not really necessarily the most natural connection. So it's understandable that they would want a bit more explanation. Um, And it's equally understandable that that's what they want out of the fellowship. And I do believe that that connection is there. Uh, It just can be really challenging uh, to articulate that um, in some cases where, you know, your background might not fit as neatly for one of the audiences as it does for the other. Um, and, And so that's really the challenge, I think, is to really understand what those two audiences want and how to write a cover letter and a candidate statement that can appeal to both audiences and their needs and what they want to accomplish.
0: That's awesome. Um, Thank you so much for your time and for talking with us. This is uh, Dr. Rob Schoenbeck. He is an ACLS public fellow and the partnerships evaluation manager at Kiva. Thanks so much, Rob. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Humanists at Work is made possible with the support of the Modern Language Association's Connected Academics, preparing doctoral students of language and literature for a variety of careers initiative. For more information, please visit our website, humework.uchri.org, and you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching for Humanists at Work. Links can be found in the description of this episode.